Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a Walk in the Park podcast. This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun. The extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. And the preview. In this episode, we talked about the amazing, glamorous, wonderful Patriots Super Bowl win. Hashtag goat, not hashtag gloat. Sorry. The Maroon 5 halftime show, the Jamal Adams update, the future of the Cowboys. It was a football-heavy episode slash walk. Uh, Curling, which we did recently. The upcoming French Open, as well as the Labor Cup. Uh, My upcoming Denali purchase. The DeKalb Farmer's Market. The Trump State of the Union. Trump and Syria. And... If you don't like the Patriots, or if you hate the Patriots, and you also don't want to hear us talk about Trump anymore, then this would be an episode for you to skip. If, however, you're an open-minded person who would like to be a productive member of a Walk in the Podcast Society by providing feedback, then you should listen to this episode, and we hope that you enjoy. For the love, Riss. Okay. For the love. Okay, yes. So, Well, all first right. let's start out with the most important thing, is that we have some beautiful weather. I know, and I'm a little shocked. I'm totally shocked. I mean, we're talking about almost 68 degrees this week in general. Oh. For a couple of days. I know, so. I didn't know how to dress for this walk because I'm so prepared to put on all my layers. Right. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt, and I'm like, oh my god, I could have worn short sleeves. Right. I mean, I could have wore. I wore a jacket when I went out with the dog earlier, and then I was like, I probably didn't even need this. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, and I'm wearing nice. an excellent uh, long sleeve. Oh, hi, puppy. Shirt. Today. <laughs> Feisty. Yeah, you go for it, little man or little lady, whatever you are. I'm wearing my. The Supreme shirt. Oh. Yes. I could wear could have worn a different shirt. Yeah, I, but, I was kind of suspecting you, you know. would based on activities that have been happening the last couple days. Well, let me say this. <laughs> I don't try to rub things yeah, you're not a in gloater. people's faces. I hashtag gloat, not go. <laughs> because I don't think it's very nice. Yeah. Now, not however, unless somebody's been in your deal about it. That's what I was just going to say, but I will give it back to people who dish it out. But right. otherwise, I'm not the person that's going to go, you know, make a big deal about it after the Super Bowl champion Patriots win their sixth Super Bowl. Right. I mean, I'll save that for the people who deserve it. Right. But I 
have empathy for some people. Like, you know, I feel bad badly for the Rams fans. I mean, I'm sure that it Hey man, they hurt. played well. It wasn't it wasn't they like did. It sucked. They did play well. I mean, yep. Think about the look at the score and that's a pretty obvious lowest scoring Super Bowl game yeah. in Super Bowl history. And it's funny like the predictions that all the commentators were making for like the 10 hour coverage before the game. Right. They were like predicting, you know, that it would be like a one point game, hmm. but they were like 43 to 42, uh, 40 to 41. No, I didn't expect that at all. I think, I don't know if it was Terry Bradshaw. I can't remember exactly who. They were like, he was saying he thought it was going to be a much lower scoring game, but even he didn't come anywhere close to 13 to 3. <laughs> this was like 28, 27. Interestingly to me, this is the largest margin of victory for the Patriots in their Super Bowl games. Oh, yeah, Every other game, including their losses, were decided by eight points or less. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's a very interesting statistic. I know. We're, as the typical average for every other team or every other Super Bowl game that's been played was like 15 points or more. Right. So yeah, here's the thing. I know nobody's going to want to listen to us go on and on about dissecting the Patriots game so we can switch to other (laughs) things. But I will say this. If you were not a Patriots or a Rams fan or like an exceptionally interested game, NFL football game watcher, then yes, that was probably the most boring Super Bowl in the history of the world. And I partially started loving that because I knew how many people out there would hate it. (laughs) I was like, this is great. So many people hate that the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. Well, screw y'all. We're not even going to give you an interesting game. So you just waste your night, suckers. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) No, I was like... I think I was a little... You know what? Okay, so my whole take was it was pretty boring until, like, the fourth quarter because that's when Uh that... I mean, there were some interceptions here and there, whatever. Only, like, two, right? There were the two. There was one Brady threw on his first pass in the freaking like first yeah that was crazy that I was, was like, crazy oh. <laughs> all right but then I was like okay well this is you know whatever and then we get to halftime and I think that Prince ruined it for me yeah Ever since then I'm just not into halftime it's like when I get up and I go to the bathroom and yep. I eat a little more yep so I mean it was like and I'm not saying any of these artists are bad like Lady Gaga kicked ass okay but it's like I don't like it when People are like, oh, the halftime show is boring. I'm like, it's not boring. You're talking about people who do this for a living. They know how to put on a show. What more it's do you want? It's not up to them? your taste or standards, I guess. I know, but if you've seen Maroon 5, uh-huh. that's the show. That's the show. What yeah. were you expecting? I know. I, so I typically do not watch the halftime show. Usually, you know, I'm in some form of like survival and or recovery. <laughs> And I just don't watch it. I take those that time to reset emotionally. But last night, I was kind of watching it. I had it going, and I was kind of paying attention to that and also re-watching the first half of my other TV. Right. And uh, 
I did think, I'm like, oh my god, Adam Levine is going to get some shit for this show. Oh, yeah. His little taking off of his shirt. And, and the shirt itself. Showing his fully tattooed body. Oh, yes, the shirt that they said was like a pillow covering or But it just drapes. cracks me up that. People just like to complain. I know. They like to tear everything down. I will say that's another negative of the internet and yep. social media. It's just giving everybody a voice, which isn't bad. Well, we've said but, this before, you and yes. I both. We've said, just, like... It opens it up for complaints and misery. And I'm like, if you don't like it, shut up. Who cares? It gives people a voice who would otherwise not have the ability to share their voice... Right. ...in a different medium. Right. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, people. Some of this stuff, would you stand in front of a crowd of people and shout it from the rooftops? Right. No, you would not. And if you wouldn't, you maybe shouldn't be posting it. Right. But I know. I know. It's the same thing with uh, text messaging, really, too. Right. I mean, just what people will put in a text that even if they weren't face-to-face with you, they wouldn't say over the phone. No. So. Yep. I agree. I mean, it's always the way, right? When the phone first came about, you know, and people... Only ever used to put things in letters, perhaps. Right, right. So, it's not a new struggle. It's just a, you know, (sighs) an ongoing human struggle. Hey, we got noise again. Woo-hoo-hoo. Actually, Um, I'm shocked, though, because these people are taking up the meridian. Is that what that's kind of called? Yes. the middle of the road there? Or the, yes. Oh, God. However, I think it's there just specifically for that purpose on this road. Oh, because, because there can. is no shoulder. Gotcha. So. See, now that would make sense. Yes. I don't, doesn't mean I like it, but <laughs> that's what I think it is. Oh my goodness. So anyway, so yes, we will desperately try to get, get away from all the noise. Oh, uh, I did have an update for you on. Yes. I love updates. Uh. Jamal Adams and the Patriots. <laughs> yes. Okay. So did you hear what the follow-up was after some investigation? I heard something, but why don't you tell me what you heard? The investigation proved that the Pat the Patriot was not injured. I mean, if he was, he was just taken care of right on the spot. And that he did not go to the hospital. And even though Jamal Adams, um, you know, he replied he was sorry or whatever... Eventually, yeah, nothing. What is eventually? I saw it. Well, like remember two days we after. talked about it at first. Yeah. He was like, "I'm not ca- sorry. I, yeah, I did it. Sorry. I don't care." He just didn't want to hurt the guy. He thought it would be fun. Well, he said he didn't intend to hurt him, right. but he wasn't sorry that he did it. Right. Correct. Okay. So what I heard was not dissimilar to what you heard, but I did hear that Pat the Patriot reported that he had a lot of um, body soreness and stiffness, Aww. but that he was treated on, <laughs> on site. the sidelines yeah. by, you know, whatever medical team <laughs> was there. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's the update. So yes. we, can, we can put closure to that. He's okay. That's yes. the main thing. Pat the Patriot is okay. And I don't even know if they had mascots at the Super Bowl. No, I don't I recall know. seeing them. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I also did something. Sorry, this is bringing us back around to football again. That's all right. I actually watch, like, even when the Patriots have won before, I never watch the 
post-game coverage no. with all the talking and me neither whatever i don't watch it anyway and this time i actually did <laughs> it was like i mean honestly for me this was the easy it was not easy but of all of the nine or previous eight games they've been in this was the easiest one to watch because oh. i did feel i mean here's the thing if it was a scoring shootout and the score was getting run up really high then to me that means your defense is struggling and if your defense is struggling that's really dangerous for you i mean like last year yeah, when well. the patriots lost to the eagles mm-hmm. brady threw for an NFL record or postseason or Super Bowl game record of 505 yards and they couldn't win the freaking game and that's because their defense under Matt effing Patricia who went on to be a failure of a coach for the Detroit Lions this past season sucked completely inexplicably Mm -hmm. I think he did it on purpose right I think he was like screw it I've already got my new job I'm out right although having said that our interim defensive coordinator, I think today they said he was officially announcing that he's going to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, and I forgot who's uh, being considered right now for the Cowboys because... Jason oh, they got Garrett, rid of him? Uh, he, they are not renewing his contract. Okay. So so politely showing him the door. Yes. Or letting him We need a new offensive coordinator. 56 seconds. Distance, one mile, pace, 15 minutes, 55 seconds per mile. What I've seen has been a failure by the coaches. Some would disagree and say it's a failure by the the, the quarterback. Yeah, well, he's just not what they wanted him to be. Okay. But I don't see that because the first season he was a superstar. Right. So it's like, what are you doing to him? What are you expecting of him? What was his, uh, how many years has he been in the league now? This will be three. Okay. So, he clearly has potential. Right. Therefore, if I were the Cowboys, because they made the playoffs, so they're not going to get that great of a right, pick. Yeah. You know, so it's like not like this is your year where you try to replace your quarterback necessarily. Hey, do you watch the draft? I don't. My sister watches it Some, religiously. Does Some she? people do, yeah. Sometimes I tune in for a little bit of it, but... Right. You know, all you see on TV is like what? Is it the first and second rounds? I don't, I don't even know if it's that many. I think ESPN shows. I mean, the you whole show, thing. but the the players only go if they actually think they're going to be drafted, right? In like the first and second round, like right? They don't bring every single one of the two hundred some odd people drafted, you know, up on stage, right? And, so we. Chelsea, but now football season is over for another seven months or whatever. And I'll just have to figure out how to fill my time. (laughs) Probably with, you know, politics, curling. (laughs) Oh, yes, curling. We didn't even record after our curling session. I know. It's because we were really... Just in the moment, I'll say. Yeah, we were. So, we should, however, tell everyone, update everyone, that we are 3-0, and undefeated. We're curling champions. We're curling champions. <laughs> of, we're amateur 
curling champions of the greater metro Atlanta area. So we went to a new, or I should say a different curling club. And the thing is, it's its own club. So they had their own facility dedicated just to curling. And I think, uh, put in math perspective, a quarter of the people that showed, a quarter of the people that showed up last time showed up for this. So there's like 20 people, right? Yeah, they actually did the numbers appropriately. They're like, we have four people on a team. We have three sheets of ice. Right. Therefore, we should not register more than 24 people. Right. So this was a peach tree curling club. Right. And even though the people at the Atlanta curling club were friendly, we think the peach tree curling club is superior. Well, yeah, a lot more knowledgeable, I think. Well, we definitely got a more knowledgeable person at the Atlanta Curling Club. Well, we, maybe because it was just so busy last time. It was so busy, but we also were taught by somebody who was very new to curling herself. And I'm not sure if she had ever taught a class before. So she was very tentative. And I think it was easier being there with our husbands because we could kind of move at a faster pace, right? Right. We didn't have to care about other strangers' feelings like that we were commandeering their lesson. And we got games in, which was good. Yep. Plural. Yep. And the way they taught it was much quicker. And yeah. And it been just because there was less people. But not really. I mean, they had to train. All right, yeah, they had to train four of us. Yeah. So, yeah. But they had slightly better equipment. I mean, Nerdy Me had bought Jonathan and I these pull-on sliders oh, yeah. from Steve's Curling in Wisconsin. <laughs> but the Peachtree Curling Club, I mean, so they used the step-on slider, same as the Atlanta Curling Club, but they gave you a grip to put over your shoe right. so that it would not be quite as slippery as the other one, like to move on it. The under part was still the same amount of slippery, but... Right. So, and they had the monitors there, so you could actually, like... That was excellent. Watch the shots. That was super cool, right? That was excellent. Yeah. And then, what else? Oh, they had beer on tap for us after. Excellent. Inside. Inside. Although we determined it was actually warmer outside that night than inside. Yeah, it was. But... <laughs> yeah, it was. I feel badly that we didn't tell Chris to wear more layers. I felt well, responsible. I, I saw him. No, I saw him before we left the house, and I said, "Are you sure you don't want to bring a little something else?" Uh huh. He goes, "No, no, I'll be fine." I'm okay. like, "Oh, because there is some standing around in the beginning." Yeah. Yep. Actually, there's a there's lot, of, a lot stand of standing around. I mean, until your unless turn you're throwing is, the rocks, yeah. right? Or sweeping. Sweeping. So he's like, "That, nah, I'll be fine." <laughs> I'm like, "All right." So yeah, and then his—it's funny because we're righties. Yep. And you bend down on your left knee. Yep. His left knee was hurting because he has a knee problem. Yep. My right knee, I don't have a knee problem. My right knee had a big old bruise on it. Oh. I mean, I'm fine, but I was like, oh, I wonder why this is. I must have hit my knee and not, not even known it. Yep. So, <laughs> all good though. Well, one of my favorite parts of that evening was <laughs> when Chris shared that he's been 
watching curling his whole life and I didn't believe him. I thought he was joking. Right. I was like, what? No. He's like, yes, I'm serious. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, and there's me thinking, when? Right. When have you been watching right. curling? <laughs> uh, because I told my mom later, I said, Chris announced everybody he's been watching curling all his life. Uh-huh. And she goes, when? I never <laughs> even knew that. I'm like, I didn't either, and I live with him. I didn't even know curling was a thing, I think, until the 2006 Olympics. Right. And I'm half Canadian, but nobody in my family ever curled. Oh. So. Oh, yeah. I know, it's just. But it is it's fun. funny. It's a fun sport. Yeah, we've got to look up the schedule and see if we're, like, can go to that next level up. Like, I'd go to another beginner one if we could get four other people and, you know, register as a group of eight. Right. And then just have the... Well, my one girlfriend said she would do it, and I know her husband would be into it, too. Okay. So that we can do. Like I said, I have a couple people husband and wife that said they'd be interested although <clears throat> lucky for them but not for us they're actually moving to Sweden in June oh god I know the woman is from Sweden oh. and their kids I mean the guy's <clears throat> from the US but he's kind of grew up all around the world uh, but their kids chose to go to school over in uh, Denmark and I think now their kids are planning on staying okay. over there. and huh. He's retired, even though I think he's younger than Jonathan. But <laughs> <laughs> um, And so, yeah. Huh. So they are moving. Oh, my gosh, though. But so that just makes me think of travel. Okay. So, all right. I need to know. What are the chances that you think you're going to go to the French Open this year? Uh, I don't know. i got to talk to the hubby and see what he says. Okay. They might be pretty good. All right. I just got to put in for my uh, timeshare. Okay. Because Jonathan threw out there, and I don't know if I would do this, although I don't think these tickets would be anywhere near as expensive as Super Bowl tickets. Right. But Jonathan was saying, hey, if we could get your parents to watch the girls... Which actually, by the time the French Open final is happening, I think the kids are out of school. Right. Like, when we went to the French Open in 2012, we got tickets for two days, and we saw... We either saw the round of 16 in the quarters, or the quarters and the semis. We did not see the final, because we wanted to get kind of as much tennis bang for our buck. Absolutely. And you don't know who's going to be... Right. In the finals. Right. But this year, since, you know, Djokovic has the chance again to hold all four titles at the same time, if he can win the French. Right. We were talking about possibly trying to do the French Open final on the chance that he might be in it. Gotcha. And if Nadal's healthy, you pretty much assume he's always going to be in it. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, Jonathan loves watching Nadal and... I don't mind watching him. And we saw him play at the French Open. So I would specifically be going for the chance to see Djokovic. But... Well, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like uh, I've already looked into when the kids are off. So, yes, the kids are already off. And 
it's a no-brainer. I would bring August just because he's into tennis. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to do it. And we, well, okay. So, I was mostly curious about that. I think the chances that we do it are probably at about 25%. Right. Percent, but like, because I think both, but okay. we have, well, so, you know, this past year, for my birthday, we went to the Labor Cup, which was in Chicago. Right. And they rotate it every year, or they're going to. This is only the second year. So this year, on my birthday, <laughs> the Labor Cup is in Geneva, Switzerland. Oh, And my so I'm God. like, oh, my God, I think we have to go. <laughs> and Jonathan's like, oh, my God, we absolutely have to go. And I would actually take the girls right. on that trip because I can... The beauty of where they go to school is if I want to pull them out for a week, I just get them an IEP and they can do their work and oh, that's true. submit yeah. it. Uh-huh. So, and, you know, Vivian will still have her regular gymnastics training most likely, but taking some time off in September, three months ahead of competition season, isn't like fatal to your progress. Right. So I don't think we would do both because those are I would like expensive to even, trips. Yeah. But. I would like, I would consider doing a smaller tournament like Indian Wells. And I've always we wanted know to some try people that. that are going to Indian Wells this uh or even i know this is not necessary it's smaller but it's still overseas i would love to go to the monte carlo one. Oh yeah because that leads right into the french open yeah that'd be kind of cool being able to sit there watch the tennis players but look out over the water yep so yeah it'd be interesting well so i heard i won't use names in our podcast but a friend of ours in the neighborhood mm-hmm. not one of our immediate okay is going to indian wells oh cool which, I can't remember. I looked at the timing of that, and I was like, eh, that doesn't work for me. Because then there's the Miami one. Oh, that's another one. And that's one. in yeah. March, but that timing. These tournaments, they stink for me because I have so many, like, I have Vivian Gymnastics meets, right. performances, right. birthday, kids' birthdays. So, but then, I was like, oh, but this would probably be too much. But the Cincinnati Open... Which is, I forgot what that's, it has another name, but that one's like in August. And that would be possibly pretty cool. Everybody typically goes to that one because it's the last big one right before the U.S. Open. We can all drive up. I was literally. It's like, it's less than 10 hours. It's like nine hours. It is. I've driven it before by myself and Mm -hmm. it was kind of torture. Right. Um, I mean, you know me, if I could get like a cheap flight for a couple hundred dollars I would fly but if I have my Denali (laughs) when I get my Denali I'll be cruising around everywhere I'll basically be living out of my car (laughs) so that just needs to happen when we have some time to actually like and it was so funny though Jonathan said the same thing when I told him because he's like well he's like you've got to try to figure out you know which of these cars you want and I had already decided I didn't need the longest one because length doesn't add to fear factor in my opinion right um and so I already told him I already know I'm like the Denali I love the name he's like oh I love that name too and that my friends is how much we care about cars or bother to research them if it has a cool name we're in well you know there is a uh, a um a site called Edmunds.com 
it's a really great How do you place. spell that? E-D-U. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Ed, M-U-N-D-S. Okay. E-D-U. Like Kyle Edmund. Yes. Okay. So, and then they, what they do is you type in what you want and they send you all the comparisons. And then they also send you... Uh, what's in the car, good things, pros, cons, everything. Right. So that's how I found my truck. Uh-huh. And then it'll give you, once you get to another uh, another place, you can, in the site, it'll tell you where to look for one. Gotcha. Well, I, here's the thing. So as you know, I don't actually care about cars. I don't want to spend a lot of money on my car. Yeah, Any money I spend on my car eats into my savings and or travel budget. Right. Neither of which is worth it to me, kind of. Right. So I told Jonathan, I was like, listen, I just need one of these cars. I'm like, it can be a used car new to me. I'm like, I don't care if it's not new. Although I've never bought a used car in my life. But I think you can get them from reputable used car salespeople or places. And you can get a warranty on it. That would be my thing. I'd be like... If I buy this used car, how much money am I going to have to... Well, the only thing with used cars is the most important thing is the mileage. Right. So if it's been... If it was leased for like a year, those are the best. Yeah, such low mileage. Yeah. So I told Jonathan, I'm like, I'd rather go that route Mm -hmm. than spend $50,000 to $60,000. That's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Thank you. Because then you would have live in your car I would have to, to live in my car get the value out of it yes I would <laughs> and I mean I'll I should be able to get you know some money for my trade-in for my pilot but then I was like do people well first of all because then John's like well maybe you should just lease it because time 32 don't know minutes, that you're gonna want to keep this seconds car distance two forever. miles pace like, 16 well, minutes have, five well, seconds per mile split pace 16 right. minutes i told him i said i don't think mile. i could stay within i mean i think you can you, and can, you don't have far for work no so it's like the proportion of time i spend relative to the number of miles i travel mm-hmm. is ridiculous just because of the traffic wow that is one dead tree <laughs> it looks like a christmas tree it is that's funny. That is very funny. Um, okay. So, but I don't know. I, like, I'm like, do you? Okay, so first of all, I was like, if you're leasing a car, will they take your trade-in and apply it to the lease? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's just a trade-in, yeah. Yeah, it's a trade-in. So they'll get some money from Yes. Because I was like, okay. And, of course, to me, I'm like, leasing, I told Jonathan, I'm like, the problem with the lease is then when you turn it in, you have to pay for everything that needs to be repaired. Well, then don't mess up anything. But I have not shown myself to be capable of that. Oh. So. If you want more information. Yeah. Uh, Chris is really good at all that because he only leases cars. Okay. So he could tell you some of the ins and outs and heck, yeah. he'd go with you to the dealership and buy the car for you if, if, if that was the case. Because he know he's really good at all that. Yeah, and I hate it. I hate dealing with car people. He doesn't mess around with people. people. He doesn't like being messed around with. Yeah, that's my thing. I'm like, don't keep me sitting here forever. Right. I've told you what I'm going to pay. Don't think you're bringing me back. Right. Some contract with freaking, you know, hidden clauses and stuff. Right. So, so yeah. So, the least thing was, I was like, I'm pretty sure we'd have to pay more because I can't do a 12,000 mile per year 
least probably. Right. I said, especially not if we're then going to use it to right, drive on true. long trips. That's true. Because right now, you know, we rent cars to drive on long trips. And right. So I've had my car for five and a half years, about a little more, and it has just under 70,000 miles, like 68 or something. That's kind of amazing. That's about five, but I don't drive it anywhere of substance. Right. So. See, I use my truck on the long trips. Yeah, exactly. And so. if you do that, I mean, like one round trip drive to Seaside. Right. Would be like a month's worth of miles, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like 12,000, 1,000 a month. I'm like, well, it's like, you know, 400 to 500 miles. Right. Anyway, so, yeah, I have to figure out lease versus use. I do not think I am leaning towards buying it new. I right. just don't want to. And, you know, Jonathan's thought is, like, when we buy cars, we literally drive them into the ground until they don't work anymore. Or we would actually have to spend a lot of money right. to repair them. That's but like, we are. Yeah. Uh, with my car, anyway. I'm yes. the family car. Yes. This is the work car. And so, his thinking is, like, I don't know... You know, if we move somewhere else, you might not need a big car or want a big car. Right. So it's like, how long are you going to want to keep right. this car? Hmm. And I was like, well, I think I'm going to want to keep it for as long as we live in Georgia. Which is at least another six years, probably. Right. So, I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. But we were, like, measuring to see what would fit in our garage. <laughs> Well, yeah, and getting it in and out of there is difficult, too. Yeah, so... That's a tight fit. You might only... Well, well I did the measuring. It'll be... Tight. Okay, but it'll be... Well, the thing is, the these uh, larger SUVs are no wider than my Pilot, actually. Right, it's just the this length. This is the length, so... But we measured, and I'd just have to... I'd have to trade garage bays with... Jonathan, and that's like a tighter angle, so yeah. But to my point about leasing, because I scrape my cars, I scratch them, I ding them, I you damage have, them. You can have all that buffed out before you return it and get a much cheaper price than paying for it at the dealership once you turn it in. Yeah, that's a good point. So, anywho. I think Chris has been pretty good. I don't think he's ever had to pay for anything. Yeah, I was just a little afraid. Like right now, well, you know. There's damage on my car that I've just choose not to pay to get fixed because I don't care. Right. So. Oh my God, are these hills over? I cannot. This warm weather. <sighs> we're not acclimatized to it. No. Or acclimated. No. It's upsetting me. But I figured out how to use uh, Audacity to mute some background noise. I figured out that feature. Nice. So, if we have large patches of huffing and puffing, <laughs> I might be able to reduce those. No, I was more, you know, I'm listening to our last podcast episode. Which was very long. Very long. <laughs> but that was the one where we sounded like we were in a tunnel. Uh, yeah, but I did. And why? why I edited that out. Oh. Or I... It was much worse. Oh. Wait. Maybe you're... No, maybe you were listening to the piece I didn't use. 
Because that was still in there. Oh, maybe. Because were we talking about curling? Yes. Okay, that way that never got broadcast. Oh, okay. And because I hadn't figured out. <laughs> the one we have now that's up in the podcast store, the episode nine. Yes. That had a lot of background noise as well as when we were driving on the Devil's Road. Oh. <laughs> but I was able to. Uh, the Devil's Road. I was able hey, to reduce that sound. Are you going to come with me on Friday? No, I remember because I have oh, to go to right, Florida. Yeah. All right. I have to go to Flow. Rida. If I can change my plans on Thursday. Yeah. For Friday. And do what I want. Like do both. I'm going to have to change. Hey, <laughs> My plans were to go to the DeKalb Farmer's Market on Thursday. Oh, nice. With is my that friend. their day of the week that they do it, or that's just what worked that's just for you? What worked. Okay, gotcha. And you want to always go in the morning during the week because otherwise it's a madhouse. Gotcha. So I wanted to stock up on some things, and she wanted to stock up on things, and Thursday was the only open day. But if we switch our match, maybe she'll go either other day. Okay. All right, I just work things out. I'll be good. It's always good to work things out. Yes. Kind of like President Trump is alleging he will do tomorrow in his State of the Union speech. <laughs> That's what we should insert every time we use it. Do you like how I actually called him President Trump, though? Yeah. I thought that was pretty thoughtful of me. It's, and it's kind of like the right thing to do. I mean, I mean, he is our president. Well, you know, the New York Times refers to him as Mr. Trump. Right. Which I think is funny. But anyway, so... I was reading some news article. Wait, when's the, uh, the tomorrow? Night? Yeah. Okay. I don't know that I can watch it because I. He just... was invited. That's right. They officially. That's right. He decided the government is temporarily reopened, so he can. However, he doesn't come and speak. see any negotiations happening anytime soon. Well, he. This article talked about how he was going to um, deliver a speech whose theme is about unity and. I was like, I'd be curious to know if he actually even stays on point. But right. one of the things that well, came up. Writing the speech. Right. So, but it'll be on his teleprompter. So it's like, will he read what was written? When yeah. you, somebody, one of his people, yeah. like, shared a quote, a part of the speech that he's supposed to say. Oh. And it actually, like, sounds, well, like a load of hot air, but it sounds presidential and. It would be nice if it were true. And I was just laughing, thinking, he's not going to say that. Nope. But um, one of the interesting things, so, you know, then they're talking about what his policy is and stuff. Or, And were you and I talking about this before? That, you know, we were. Okay, remember when we were talking about how uh, General Mathis resigned because he disagreed with Trump's policy on uh, pulling oh, out of Syria uh-huh. and Afghanistan? So I thought this was interesting. Um, Trump was interviewed, I guess, last week sometime about his upcoming State of the Union. And this article said, um, Trump also defended his plans to withdraw troops from Syria and reduce the U.S. deployment in Afghanistan, despite warnings last week from his intelligence experts that ISIS and al-Qaeda continue to pose a threat. Senate Republicans also counseled the president to avoid a precipitous withdrawal. But Trump appeared unfazed, saying he was simply keeping his campaign promises not to act as the world's policeman. Quote, I ran against 17 Republicans. This was a big part of what I was saying, and I won very easily. 
Trump said, <laughs> quote, I think people in our country agree we've been fighting for 19 years, end quote. Trump added that he plans to maintain a troop presence in Iraq where they can respond rapidly to events in the surrounding area while also monitoring Iran. Quote, we have very fast airplanes. We have very good cargo planes. We can come back very quickly, Trump said. <laughs> Defense Secretary James Mattis resigned last month after Trump announced his plan to pull troops out of Syria. The president insisted that Mattis did so at his urging. Quote, he resigned because I asked him to resign, Trump said. I gave him big budgets and he didn't do well in Afghanistan, oh, end quote. Okay. I thought that was funny. That is funny. It just is such a, it's such insight into literally that he does think the company can be run like a business. Like the country you can were, be run by yeah, business. country can be run by the business. Thank you. Yes. He's like, ah, this was an underperforming division. So I fired the guy. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, he has no understanding of, you know, geopolitics and consequences and things like that. Right which I'm sure his intelligence people and Jim Mattis would tell him is dangerous, but I'm very curious to know what military people, active military and veterans, think about this. Um, Because he's not wrong. I mean, I think a lot of people across the political spectrum perhaps feel like uh, we're not winning. We're not making any progress. Like, why... Are we still there? Right. Anyway, I just thought, how's it go? That's interesting because... Oh, it's always interesting. I know. But it could be perceived perhaps as a bit, uh, maybe it's too strong to put it this way, but like anti-military. Right. Like you guys aren't doing a good job. So... Right. And that's really... We're basically firing you from this assignment. Right. Because if he doesn't want our troops there, that's okay to say that. There's nothing negative to imply there. Nobody really wants our troops there. Well. Well, no, I'm saying just in general, like, you don't yeah. want to see. You don't any, want the need for it. Right. Except I do think that there are some people in the military-industrial complex that make their money off of this. Yes. That do right. want it. Right. Um, but no, but, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's you know, you don't want to see our guys and girls over over anywhere. You want them to be here. Well, with, if there's somewhere you want to actually see, but, yes, like, some quantifiable success, and this has kind of become a little bit of a modern-day Vietnam. Like, people yeah. are not as horrible as they were during Vietnam. Right. Like, to people, I think people have a well, lot more respect thousands for... Thousands and thousands and thousands I of know. people aren't dying. That's right. That's exactly right. So, I mean, you one could argue if 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 the, um, what's it called, the technology is that great, then maybe less people do have to be on the ground. Right. However, you need people on the ground to make sure that, that all of that is enforced. Yes. Well, and to Trump's point about having all these great, you know... And we're not, here's the thing. The other thing that bothers me is like Russia and China are so far ahead of us in technology. So he really should be concerned about technology and he shouldn't be telling people what we're up to. Right. And he shouldn't be like blowing his mouth because it's like, we don't, I don't, I don't have faith. Right. In our processes right now. He can't help himself with the the sharing. Mm -hmm. But um, I read another story somewhere. So the Navy has this like $3 billion aircraft carrier mm-hmm. that cannot safely 
have planes take off and land. Yes, I've read that. Yeah, before. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, Trump's like, we have the, we have this great stuff. I'm like, mm, do we? Right. <laughs> do we really have great stuff? Right. And then, yeah, it's just hard with... Um, I also saw an article somewhere that said Russia has developed a weapon... Oh, what'd they call it? It wasn't a weapon of mass destruction. Maybe they called it a biological weapon mm-hmm. that makes people vomit and something else. Well, and they've already left the treaty. The accord that was signed after the nuclear arms race. Was, right. And that's a real problem. And he hasn't said jack about that. And if he has, I haven't caught it. I have not. And he's not going to criticize. Because what I found interesting about all the political shows this Sunday, because yeah. my husband stays home yes. while I go to church. Yes. And I'm like, well, what did you see on the news? Yeah. And he was everything but that. Really? And I'm like, that's not cool. That's huge. That affects the world. Interesting. Not just us. I know. Now, what does he, does he also watch a variety of channels like you do? Or was it just yes. Fox News yes. that wasn't covering the Russia no, thing? No, no, no. He okay, watches so nowhere you could see. That's his okay. main thing. He watches NBC. Okay. And then sometimes he watches Face the Nation. Okay. And whatever so else is going about on it. that he can flip into. Yeah. But, yeah, nobody had Nobody's was talking about it. about it. I'm like, but that's a big deal i think so but that is very interesting See, this is why women should run the country i know well we care about these things um so you've heard all the democrats so far who have announced that they're going to run so we have yeah, elizabeth I've warren lost, i've lost track kamala harris yeah kirsten gillibrand mm-hmm. um and the male, cory booker, booker. Uh, is that just the four i'm not sure if other people have thrown their hat in the proverbial ring or proverbial hat in the ring um, I feel like if you don't have a lot of political experience, pr- this is proof now that you really shouldn't be running the country. Because at least, <laughs> but it's proof that you can win. <laughs> not by much. Oh, no, but not, according well, no. to him, he crushed. I know he lost. Well, he electoral he college. Yes, lost, but he, he lost the popular vote. Won the electoral college. Yes, I know. I don't know. It'll be really funny. We'll see. We'll see if the Democrats run their uh, campaigning leading up to the convention the same way the Republicans did. Right. Like 17 people in the race, no consensus, right. you know, free-for-all. Until... Oh, and then uh, did Schultz back down, the CEO of Starbucks? Because oh, he was in the ring, that. too. Oh, oh. He was on The View talking about that, I and mean, they just kind of shut him down. You're right. kind of laughing. I'm like, yeah. No, I did catch I something about know. that. They were like, yeah, just go ahead and try to ruin it for the Democrats. They were, like, reminding, you know, right. true third-party independent people who actually have, like, the money to run like Ross Perot did. They can't actually F it up. I mean, these... Third party candidates this election well, didn't the have thing. the traction. Yeah, you're I mean, me- and you're messing it up for the Democrats if you. If that's who you're running it. for, yes. yeah. Um, although Ross Perot, you know, they said he helped Clinton because he took more people from the Bush camp than right than the Clinton camp. But this can go on forever. We'll just have to meet again and, and keep follow up. On yeah. these things. Yeah, we will. Okay. But we All did right. close the Jamal Adams situation. We closed the most important so controversy of really? 2019. So, <laughs> I mean, we're already ahead of basically everybody in this country in terms of solving problems that matter. So yeah, that's true. Just saying. All righty. All right. Well, bye for now. Well, yes, one episode down. One episode down. 10,000 to go. No, kidding. <laughs> Hello everyone, this is Marissa, 
and I am doing this little podcast, uh, I'll call it Diary, I think that's what Babs wanted me to do. Um, yeah, so I am, or I had just listened to our last podcast episode. And wait, first, before I even go any further, I just want to mention, I have a beagle who likes to bark at nothing sometimes, just random. And I have work being done outside my house, uh, across the way in a neighbor, another neighborhood in a backyard facing mine and they are taking down these trees and I can't describe to you how big they are because they're they're like those they're pine trees but these are as tall as pine trees they're just not pine trees and they must have taken like three or four of them down and they've been at it for oh I don't know maybe a week now it's been pretty crazy so there's a lot of noise back there so if you hear stuff in the back that's what's going on so anyway, oh, I have another phone going off right now. So that's my business phone, but I can ignore that for the moment. Um, so anyway, I was listening to our prior podcast episode. And um, just so I could follow up on a couple of things, which I think is kind of funny. The weather actually hit 71 degrees this week. Uh, as a matter of fact, February 7th today in Georgia, uh, Atlanta area, we hit 71. So that is bizarre. If no one believes in climate change, they better start believing it real soon because it's getting bad Um, between the flooding and fires and it's it's biblical at this point. Okay, so another thing I just wanted to close out the Patriots Super Bowl win in that a commentator had walked up to Belichick, Coach Belichick, prior to the Super Bowl and asked him, What seemed to be, I wish I had recorded it because I don't remember what the question was, but Belichick looked at him, smiled, and literally walked away. Like he didn't even give him an answer. So that was on national television. That was, um, yeah, right before they had taken, uh, started the the game. And I thought that was really funny because Belichick never smiles, but the fact that he smiled and decided to walk away was really funny. And I failed to mention that in the last podcast because I thought that significant enough to mention it to Babs. I hope she saw that. Um, Also, uh, let's see. Oh, if you're looking for a new or used car, check out Edmunds.com. E-D-M-U-N-D-S.com. And the reason why I mentioned that is because in our last podcast, we were talking about Babs getting a new or a used car. And so I hope Edmunds.com hears me talking about them and mention, knows that they, I'm mentioning them because they do a really good job of going through uh, each detail of the car and comparing it to other cars in its class and blah, 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 blah. And I did mention it on the podcast, but I just want to reiterate it. Um, and last but l- not least, this is definitely not l- least because I know that Probably the next podcast we have, we will in fact mention um, a little bit of this, but or it might even be the whole podcast. I don't know. Um, we talked about the State of the Union and uh, that it was coming up and that it took place last night. And I watched it with, I don't know, it was just a very odd State of the Union. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was sitting 
in her seat behind Donald Trump, and she was reading papers on and off the whole entire time. Now, I don't know if the papers were a copy of Trump's speech and she was waiting for stuff to come up or she wanted to know where he was in his speech. I don't know what it was, and maybe I need to do some research or maybe they mentioned it and I just didn't see it, but I thought that was very odd. I've never seen that from a Speaker of the House, but maybe because I was never paying attention before and maybe it's because I just wanted to see her face when he said certain things. Um, the next thing I wanted to note was it was just an all-around interesting uh, State of the Union address because he tried to bridge the gap between the Democrats and the Republicans, and I thought that was very interesting. Like he wa he's had a, like either a change of heart or maybe it was just for the cameras. I don't know, but he's trying to. It sounded like he was trying to get people to work together which is completely opposite of how he's been up until yesterday. And last but not least, we mentioned in our last, at the end of our last podcast, we talked about the nuclear arms race and how um, Russia has pulled out of it, of, of the uh, treaty we had. And <clears throat> that was never mentioned in the State of the Union, and that's a big one. He never mentioned Russia. And so I want to make that a point in our next podcast because um, that's just weird to me. That is so weird. He, he mentioned Korea and going to meet with him. In, uh, I forgot the man, the leader's name, Kim Jong-un. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. If I'm not, I apologize. But he, they are meeting Trump and this, the, the leader of Korea. They're meeting in Vietnam on February 27th. And he talked, I wouldn't say at length, but he mentioned him enough to give him some, you know, give him not credit, but just to put him in the, the, the State of the Union address. But he didn't mention anything about Russia pulling out of the nuclear arms race and uh, nuclear arms treaty, excuse me. And that's, I, I still find that significant. I don't know why no one else is talking about it. And I'm struggling. So there you have it. I talked about the weather. I talked about Belichick. <laughs> I talked about Edmunds.com. And I talked a little bit about the State of the Union. I'm not even going to mention Stacey Abrams because, as I mentioned to Babs earlier uh, via text, uh, I fell asleep when she was talking. She's just, it wasn't really a response. I think they were, exp I don't know what they were expecting from the State of the Union, but let me be very clear, I don't think they expected that, so their response wasn't, the Democratic response wasn't what I thought it would be. Um, I think they had to tone it down. I think they were ready to rip them a new one, and they didn't. Uh, they, they said some things here and there, but I would have to review again what she said um, with Bab, so we can go over that. But anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcast and joining me in my little diary, and I will speak to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, so I'm at a slight advantage here because I listened to Riss's audio diary before recording my own. Oh, thank you, Georgia Power. Thank you. <laughs> Jonathan is sitting here next to me. We'll see if he jumps in and comments. He's rubbing his eyes and shaking his head. Anywho, yes, so I could go on and on about the Patriots, but, you know, what else is there to say, really? 
Dynasty, Goat, Haters, Suck It, all that good stuff. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about the State of the Union, which I did not watch. First of all, as I have read, Trump spoke for an hour and 20 minutes. How anyone could listen to him drone on for that long is beyond me. His voice is so grating and annoying. His tone is annoying. And frankly, I think Riss probably slept through some of that as well. But um, I did read the transcript, which I could read much more quickly than suffering through an hour and 20 minutes of talking. And honestly, his speech was pretty innocuous. Of course, it was filled with um, some half-truths and some inaccuracies. And of course, he took credit for things that started under Obama. Whatever. That's, you know, that is what it is. Par for the course. I think my favorite part of the speech in terms of literally laughing out loud was when he said, quote, if I had not been elected president of the United States, we would right now, in my opinion, be in a major war with North Korea. He lives in some type of alternative reality of how he thinks things play out. But anywho, his speech was pretty boring. And I know Riss had some issues with Stacey Abrams' response, which, of course, I could listen to that since she only spoke for 10 minutes and 47 seconds. And I will say this, I don't really get what Riss is saying by Stacey having to tone it down. I thought her response overall was pretty positive. It was pretty high level and just pretty democratic policy focused. I mean, she really didn't have anything negative to say about Trump. And in fact, a lot of her speech just didn't even really track with his, in my opinion, because what's important to the respective parties doesn't always align. So we'll see if we pick that up again in a future podcast, but it certainly would have been something we were talking about if we had been able to find time to record our um, walk or review in person, which was just not possible. Um, of course, after the Trump speech, what I first encountered as, uh, I don't know even what you want to call it, not the feedback, but it seemed like the biggest story was Nancy Pelosi's clapping and her quote, literal clap back at Trump. And that being the most iconic moment of the night. So, and it had already been turned into a meme, and I saw it, and I did think that was pretty funny. We are spiders. We are spiders. No, we're not spiders. That's just... All right, I don't promote the University of Richmond. That's just what happens when my laptop likes to play ads. Okay, so this, Nancy Pelosi's literal clapback at Trump is the most iconic moment of the night. And this is from uh, Huffington Post... Uh, an article by Ed Mazza, and it says, quote, President Donald Trump spoke for more than an hour and 20 minutes last night, but the moment that may be remembered best from his State of the Union address had no words at all. It was when House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, stood and applauded a line from Trump's speech in a way that seemed rife with sarcasm to many observers. The moment came after an eyebrow-raising call for unity from Trump that seemed at direct odds with his own long history of Twitter insults, especially coming on the heels of a pre-speech luncheon in which he reportedly insulted multiple political rivals. And this is the quote from Trump. 
Quote, we must reject the politics of revenge, resistance, and retribution and embrace the boundless cooperation, potential, sorry, of cooperation, compromise on the common good, end quote, Trump said in his State of the Union address. Pelosi then stood and clapped, aiming her applause at Trump in a way comic Patton Oswalt summed up in a tweet. Congrats to at Speaker Pelosi for inventing the quote, fuck you, clap. <laughs> Anywho, the clap was totally funny to watch. It was absolutely, totally sarcastic and patronizing. And one of the fun follow-ups of that was that Nancy Pelosi's daughter said it totally took her back to her teen years uh, and absolutely was meant the way that anybody who thought it was sarcastic or patronizing, it was intended to. Pelosi's daughter, Christine, according to an article in Newsweek, said that it's a move that she's seen from her mother before, quote, oh yes, that clap took me back to the teen years. She knows, and she knows that you know, and frankly, she's disappointed that you thought this would work, but here's a clap, end quote. Christine Pelosi wrote on Twitter Wednesday morning, along with a photo capturing Pelosi's clap. Not at all surprising to me that Pelosi would view Trump as a bratty teenage child. No surprises there. And yes, so we did talk about a lot of other things on this walk. And uh, as you heard in Rissa's audio diary recording, she is very, uh, I don't know what the word is, interested or finds it very interesting that, you know, Trump isn't talking about Russia. There's nothing that seems to suggest he even wants to acknowledge that Russia is a country that actually exists. And yeah, I find that very interesting. Maybe he knew he would be roundly booed if that happened, but Clearly, this is something Riss and I may be talking about on future episodes. And so, once again, really the most important thing that happened this past week was the New England Patriots winning their sixth Super Bowl and Tom Brady becoming the only player in NFL history to win six Super Bowls. And haters, I cannot emphasize enough that you can just suck it. Nobody cares about your stupid opinions or your hate. And frankly, if that's the way you're going to play it, I hope that your stupid teams never win anything for your hating hearts. If you liked what you heard, please follow us on Facebook, A Walk in the Park, on Twitter, at A Wit Podcast, on Instagram, A Walk in the Park Podcast, and eventually on YouTube, when we get our channel set up. For now, you can head on over to our website, www.awitpodcast.com to access everything. Wherever you find us that you can like, follow, and or subscribe, please do so. We'll be your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be your best friends. I mean it. We mean it. <laughs> All right. Bye.